In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of this month of Tuba. And uh, as I mentioned before, I'm going to say it, of course, the readings are about baptism. And a couple weeks ago, I challenged you to figure out all the readings that are in the, the liturgy of the baptism. And uh, some of you had, had gone and done some research to figure out what was read. And I had told you that the readings, uh, some of those readings appeared on the, the Sunday after uh, Epiphany. Um, no, some of them appeared on the day of Epiphany. Uh, some of them appeared the day after Epiphany, because remember, Epiphany was last Saturday. And then the Sunday was like the second day of Epiphany, so we saw some more of the readings in that second day of Epiphany. And then today, uh, we have the Gospel that is read um, during the baptism, we read it this morning, and it's not unconnected to what we just read, because what we read this morning was taken from John chapter 3, from verse 1 to 21, and then John chapter 3, from 22 to the end, was what we just read right now. So the church is putting in front of us the entire gospel uh, chapter of St. John chapter 3. Right? This is important. Uh, because we're going to ask ourselves a question and we're going to try and kind of pull out an answer from the readings and understand it. If we're thinking about baptism, the church has placed through the readings the steps of baptism, of belief, of confession, or of faith and of confession, uh, and uh, repentance along with that, and then most importantly of love of love. So we know, even though all, most of us, probably if not all of us, were baptized as children, as infants, we know that we have to grow in the faith. We know that we have to grow in our belief. We know what we have to do, so to speak, in order to take communion, right? I got to confess, I got to repent, I got to be uh, living at peace with everyone in this world. I have to be somebody who is a Christian so that I can attach myself to Christ. We all know this. But it's important for us to remind it's important for us to remind ourselves of this. Because we have to ask ourselves first, what is faith? And then we have to ask ourselves, what does this faith lead us to? And we're going to see it leads us to love. But what is love? Uh, what is love in, in the Christian mentality of love, not in what the world tells us love is. So if we ask that question first of what is faith, we see from St. John in his epistles, which we read today, um, we read from the first epistle of St. John chapter 4, we see that faith is not just a belief, an inside attitude. Right? We have to understand this from the very beginning. Faith does not just mean my, my inside attitude is, is oriented towards God in a certain way. Faith is active. Faith is active. For St. John, St. John says, the one who has faith has the conquering power that has conquered the world. He who has faith in God has that conquering power that has conquered the world. This is big language. What does that mean, faith and conquering the world? But for St. John, 
the one who has faith and the one who believes is the one who has conquered the world. Remember when Christ said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, I have conquered the world. He has given us that victory through our faith in Him. John is saying our victory in this world is through our faith. It's not simply trusting in God, but it's the right understanding of who Jesus is, of who the Christ is. And this right understanding of who Jesus is causes us to know how we are supposed to be in this world. John always stresses this right understanding. And if you noticed in his epistle reading today, the Catholic epistle was taken from the, second epi- the first epistle of our teacher, St. John, chapter 4. He goes to the next degree, not only are you to have faith, but he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. St. John doesn't talk about loving our enemies. St. John in his epistle, in his epistles, in his gospel, he doesn't say anything about love your enemies. He speaks first and foremost primarily about love your brother. He said, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment that we have from him, that he who loves God should love his brother also. St. Augustine has a nice way of understanding this. He says, the fire of love begins first with our brothers and our sisters, and then it spreads to the world. But it has to start with our brothers and our sisters. So, when we talk about faith, it leads us to love. And when we talk about faith, it's not just something like, I believe, I have this kind of inside uh, attitude towards God, this internal Um, mental uh, conviction that God exists it's not that it's more faith leads us to the right understanding and the right understanding leads us to action and that action has to be manifested in love the way that we can measure our spirituality is by our ability to love one another the way I can measure my spirituality and my, the, 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 the fire of the Holy Spirit within me is my ability to love not only my brothers and my sisters, my friends, my neighbors, and ultimately my enemies. And if we examine ourselves and begin to measure, I, I don't, it's hard to use that word measure. What we need to do is we need to just examine the purity of our spirituality. And we have to understand in measuring our spirituality, measuring our ability to love, reflects on our faith in Jesus Christ. I can't say I have faith in Jesus Christ, but I live my life a different way. It has to be together. Otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm almost a, a, a type of split personality. I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I'm not trying to use that in a technical way. But just saying we can't live one way in the world and one way in front of uh, the church or in, in the house of God. And when we understand our faith and we know that we have to deepen our faith, we understand that we have to un- deepen our understanding of who Christ is and understand the work that He is doing within each and every one of us in our homes and our places of work and places where we study. Every 
place God is working within us to deepen our spiritual lives. And by that I mean by deepening our ability to love one another and to love other people. Now, all of this is, 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 is well and good to talk about. But we also have to understand that there is a lot in this world that's fighting against our ability to love and our ability to deepen our relationship with God. You know, in John 3:16, where God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And we know that verse, we memorize it, it's one of the first verses we know as children, the love of God for us. But then you have John completing that idea that not only did God love us, but He loved us so that we could love one another. Now, if this isn't a day-to-day activity in our minds and in our hearts, we're going to be distracted. And let me tell you, there's so much distraction going on in this world. Uh, I, I ordered a few copies of a book back there. It's called um, Time and Despondency. And the author of this book, it's a podcast on Ancient Faith Radio. It's an audio book on Audible. It, you can buy it on your Kindle. Uh, and you can, you can take a copy here, although I need to take five copies. The men's group, we're going to be studying it during this time. The idea of this book, though, I'm encouraging all of you to get yourself a copy. And if you want more, I'll get more. I just need it today for a meeting. So, uh, Sally, maybe you can hold five of those copies and then leave a couple, couple on the side. The idea of this time and despondency is the author is saying so much of what we are pursuing in our life, and I want the kids to listen to us, listen to me right now. So much of what we want to do is we want to be entertained. So we want either a tablet in our hand where we can play some sort of a game, or we want to go outside and be able to play, or we want to be able to watch something on TV. And I'm probably talking to a lot of the adults too at the same time. But the idea is that all of that becomes a deep distraction that doesn't take care of our boredom, but it causes us to fall into a deeper boredom. It's hard to articulate this in the three minutes or so that I have left, but the idea behind it is this. The attitude or the human being in his psychology, in in the way that he or she interacts with one another and with God, has to be able to take time to be silent. And to be silent means not just to be silent, but to be in silence. has to take time to be able, in our silence, to spend long periods of time doing things that we don't necessarily want to do. What do I mean by that? Sometimes praying the Psalms in the morning is a boring task. And it's something that's tedious. It's something that's difficult for us to do. But when we train ourselves to not always need to be stimulated, not always need to have some sort of entertainment going on around us. When we can train ourselves to stand and to do what are called these boring tasks, we begin to understand something very beautiful about life and about our relationship with God. It cannot be explained, it cannot be described. All we know is that for hundreds and hundreds of years, that the monks and the nuns have been fighting against the spiritual depression that comes from uh, our desire for what is not 
and our anger for what is. Said a different way is when we're focused on the future and not on the present moment. And this is the problem now. Like right now, I bet you if I could go into some of your minds, some of us are not thinking about now, we're thinking about what's going to happen in 30 minutes, what's going to happen after communion, what's going to happen, you know, what are we going to do for lunch, what are we going to do, you know, afterwards. We have tasks in our minds that we line up and we prioritize and we're ready to go and ready to do those tasks. We overburden our lives. And what we end up doing is we distract ourselves from what is important. And that importance comes from our faith in God and our active faith in this world. I have faith in God. I believe in God. Therefore, I love my neighbor. Therefore, I love my enemy. But who is loving their neighbor, even thinking about it, when we have a grocery list from Costco? We have kids that we have to drop off and pick up. We have people we have to visit. We have meals that we have to prepare. And then we go to sleep and we start all over again. Right? And I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to do these things which are luxuries for the monks and the nuns who, you know, they have nothing else to do. They're not married. They don't have grocery lists, whatever, whatever, whatever. We make all the excuses in the world to avoid what is essential. What is essential? And, and, and the essential part will play a role in the Costco runs, will play a role in, in the making of and preparing of meals. Why? Because we then become Christians who are in this world doing the day-to-day tasks, which is very different, very different from just people doing day-to-day tasks. You know, when we're fighting over parking spots, right? Is it a Christian fighting over a parking spot? We're trying to get into a lane. When we are, um, you know, showing grace to people in the supermarket, I'm just because I've been at the supermarket a lot this week. That's what I'm thinking about. But uh, when, when we're showing grace, even when we're, we're interacting with people, our neighbors, uh, people that we run into uh, in our day-to-day lives, it's so essential for us to come back to these practices of prayer, of silence, and not only for us, but to encourage our kids. When you, when you tell your child to put away the tablet, and they say, I'm bored, or they put away something and they say, I'm bored. I want you to accept that as the best news in the world. That's great. We want our kids to be bored. We want them to have time to think, to be creative. We want them to have time to deepen their own spiritual lives with God. And we need that as well. I'm, I'm very excited. Lent is a little bit of ways. But anybody who knows me knows that during Lent, it's no TV, no tablets, no entertainment, no nothing. We go back to as close as possible to the 4th century as we possibly can. We try to get rid of all of this stuff. To quiet what's going on in this world. To quiet what's going on around us so that we can hear God and be receptive to God. This happens even with our eating. If you go for a period of time where you're eating just, you know, uh, I did a juice fast one time, long time ago. Don't recommend it for anybody. But the idea is that after that juice fast, I had a piece of celery, and it was the most delicious piece of celery that I've ever eaten in my life. It was, and what am I saying? When you deprive yourself of something, you begin to enjoy things for what they are. Celery is delicious. But when I'm eating all of this other heavy food all the time, celery becomes something that, you know, it's, it's, I don't want it, right? But when I deprive myself, then I start to scent and take pleasure in the, in the moment, in the little things. And this is what we can do in our spiritual lives 
as long as we are focused on our faith and deepening our faith with God, focus on our love and deepening our, our love for one another, and testing our ability to love. The measure of my spirituality is my ability to love. Today's readings are very rich, and I focus not so much on the readings, but on the idea of baptism, which the church is emphasizing. But go back tonight as an activity. Read. Read the readings together. Read the readings from Vespers, from, from this morning. Read the Psalms. Read the Pauline Epistle. Look for the words that are encouraging. Look for the words that might be a bit confusing. Try to remember three words from the sermon today, tonight, after you have dinner. Try to remember what has happened here so that you can do it in your life. Not just walk out the door and be about the day-to-day again. Let's not forget God in our day-to-day lives. Let's not forget the tasks that are upon us. Let's not forget our promises that we made in our baptism and that we must continue on uh, on with for the rest of our lives struggling with. To God be the glory now and ever into the age of all ages. Amen. Amen.